Welcome everyone to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode number 147. I trust you. I just looked, so yeah, it is. <laughs> I swear it is. Uh, we're still in February here in the year 2021. Shit's still closed. No movie theaters for us. But there's a shitload of stuff online that we can watch. So, let's get into it right now then. Yeah, let's. Alright. So, we enjoyed the Valentine's Day special of Joe Bob Briggs. Yes. I forget what it was called. Oh, shit. Doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, the first movie was Tammy and the T-Rex, the unrated version. I put a spell on you or, or, or some shit like that. Yeah, for something Bob. like yeah. that. Spells were very heavy. Right. Um, so, yeah, the first movie was Tammy and the T-Rex, the gore cut, which we had seen premiered yes. at the Cinepocalypse Film Festival two years ago. <laughs> it is, if you don't know... About a high school kid who has his brain implanted into a T-Rex. An animatronic T-Rex. An animatronic T-Rex. Uh, and he gets revenge on the people who put him in a coma. And mm-hmm. he's in love with Denise Richards. And he is... Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, this movie originally was like a PG, PG-13 family film. Mm-hmm. To where all the gore and swearing and all that stuff was cut out, which I had never seen before. Me neither. So seeing this for the first time was just a brand new experience in itself because I had never seen the movie before and this is just the gore cut. So I don't know if I ever want to go back and watch the other one. Why would I? Just to compare and contrast, but who gives a shit? Tyrell, who's been on our show several times before, said that watching it all cut up, he said the edits were really strange and it was Mm -hmm. really unclear whether a character had been injured or killed yes because they just cut it all out so that made me think it was confusing and i don't need to see it right <laughs> uh but it's a fun movie this is uh when we saw yeah. it it was great we had a great time yeah pack theater when we first saw it it's not taking itself seriously because how could it possibly right given exactly. the premise it's a very very young paul walker and denise richards yes they look young. like babies mm-hmm. um because from 1994 Uh, So that's available on Shudder. That was the first one that he showed. The second one that he showed is on Shudder. It's a movie from 2016, although it looks like it's from the 60s because that's how the director wanted it. Right. The Love Witch. Right, The Love Witch, which is pretty much, uh, uh, I'm going to say, a love letter to 60s and 70s kind of, not porn necessarily, but just like love stories or... Witchcraft, it's very, very much in the tone of that. And, yes. And that's what they're, they're going for. Maybe even more of a satire on that, of those genre films in that time. Yeah, I would say satire, also an homage. What the writer-director wanted to do was um, paint this picture of, not the anti-villain, what did she say? The femme fatale mm-hmm. um, from a female perspective and not the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it's an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. Probably a movie I won't ever watch again, but it was still good. Lots of boobs and stuff, so. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was good. It was a dick or two. I don't know that I'll watch it again. There were a couple of dicks swinging. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was fine. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, I'm happy I finally saw it, because I had seen it advertised for a while now, and I finally watched it, and yeah, mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So next up, we watched Malevolence 2. Ah, uh, yes. Malevolence I, 2. Didn't I, even see the first one. No, but, but here's what happened. I thought it was... I, I thought that movie with Josh Stewart and mm-hmm. what's-her-name 
which is actually called Malicious, uh-huh. was, was Malevolence 1. Right. That's why I was like, ooh, Malevolence 2, let's check this out. <laughs> really? Yeah, they have nothing to no, do with and each that, other. And that movie came out like seven years prior to yeah, that one. Yeah, <laughs> didn't realize how old this one was. Because it has Alexandria Daddario on it. Yeah, it's it's 11 years old almost. And that was the selling point for me, of course. And me too, I like her. She's yeah. great in... The movie that's name I already forgot. Yeah, yeah. I think she's pretty much good in pretty much everything. Yeah. You know? I, I, she's she's very beautiful and, and she has large breasts. But, I mean, she's also a good actor and she's like a down-to-earth person. So Yeah, she's like a lot they're... of fun and, damn it, I'm the worst. I can't remember what it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's that one movie where they, uh, they're going to do the uh, rituals on like the metalhead dudes. Yes. They, right, yeah. That movie. Anyway, um, this one... It wasn't horrible. What did you think of it? Uh, I thought it was pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was just flat out bad. I mean, I thought it was okay. It wasn't... I'm not, I'm not going to praise this movie at all, but it wasn't a complete piece of shit. No, I've seen worse. That's true. It's about a, um, a guy who kidnaps a kid. And this kid like has no feeling whatsoever. Uh, like... Like physically, physically, physical, yeah. and emotionally too. This dude's mm-hmm. emotionally stunted as fuck. But uh, yeah, he can't take damage. Well, he'll take damage, but he won't feel it. Like he'll chew through his cheek and not feel it. Right, stuff like that. Um, so anyway, he's, he's kidnapped, and people are looking for him. Um, Alexandra Daddario, uh, I think her like parents die, and she goes and lives with Michael Bean. Yep, and uh, she meets people and. I guess if I remember correctly, everyone pretty much dies, um, mm-hmm. and at the ending, the the kid fucking lives and stuff. It, it, it's it's like I said, it's by numbers. It's n- nothing exciting is going on with this movie, but like I said, it's not horrible. It does lead you down a path where you think the kid is gonna be saved, like salvageable, right, yeah. and then you find out that it's way too late. Yeah, so and he's he's a killer. And yeah, I saw that there's a part three. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, we saw that together. Uh, eh. Yeah, that's fine. I, I'm fine with just watching part two, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, wow, we watched a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, next, so we watched In Search of Darkness 2. Yes. Totally legally. Yes. I, I didn't download anything. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> me? No. I mm-hmm. No, not me. Um, better than the first one. Yeah. Deeper Cuts. For the horror fan. Mm-hmm. Because the first one was very, very much all of the sequels of the big franchises. Or just the big yeah. franchises. And to a fan of horror movies, like it, you're just going over third grade math to me. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Like, I know this I shit, that. okay? Mm-hmm. I, got, I got all these stories. I've seen Crystal Lake Memories. I've seen the Nightmare on Elm Street 1 documentary. I've seen them all. So it's nothing new. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first flaw. The biggest flaw of the first one is that is that because I. Um, but the second one, the second one, we get some deeper cuts. We get like demons and and um, they have more like Stuart Gordon in there. They have uh, celebrities from the horror movies more, and they they kind of yes. cut out more of like the YouTube people and stuff. Mm-hmm. They centered around a little bit more of the actors too. Um, so. It goes by the same format as the first one, but this one just, I, I think, is, is a bit better. 
Agreed. And just I'm, I'm more interested in seeing some of these films that I haven't seen before because the first one I pretty much. I think I've seen like 95% of yeah, those Yeah, I felt like I'd seen all of them. Some, like, multiple times. Right. So now, but this one out, I, I like it a lot more. I think the bigger horror fans will appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, there were plenty that I'd, a couple that I'd never even heard of that I would be interested yeah. in seeing. Yeah. yeah. The other one, like, oh, let's talk about Friday the 13th Part 6. Yeah. Right. Yeah, come, yeah. come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like, we just went through the other four before that. And now, like, come on, man. Yeah, exactly. Next. Mm-hmm. we Because we watched In Search of Darkness 2, one of the movies was The Lady in White from 1988. Ah, yes. And I had seen that I have memories of seeing that movie with my mom and it's rare that my my mom and I would watch movies together let alone horror movies I don't know if I would exactly qualify this as no you know I will I'm going to qualify it as yeah, a well, movie. yeah like for children the the kids horror a little movies. more yeah there, there's some more there's some violent things that happen in this movie. Um, a gentleman gets shot in the head. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, I mean, and the whole premise is that a kid was choked and thrown off of a cliff alive. Yeah. Which is pretty dark. So, yeah, well, the, the premise of this movie, if you haven't seen it before, is that uh, children over the year have come missing. and It takes place in the 60s, I want to say. But it's from 1988, yeah. And it, it's it's a story, yeah, is about like how these children went missing, and this one kid gets locked in the school at, on Halloween, and he can't get out. Lucas Haas at his cutest, mm-hmm. and he starts seeing a ghost reliving how she died, like yes. this young girl, and at and this happened at school. It Which seems really scared me when I was a kid watching mm-hmm. this movie. That part was really scary for me because you just see the ghosts being choked. You don't see the person choking them, right? Or he doesn't see them. Um, and then right after that whole uh, apparition or whatever, the whomever killed that young girl comes back that night to retrieve something from a vent that Lucas Haas saw. The ghost drop and it flew into the vent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when the guy was trying to open up the vent, um, he heard Lucas Haas and started to choke him and choked him out mm-hmm. and then left. And then uh, they finally found, like the authorities and the parents finally found him at school, choked out. And then they found the janitor in the basement he had passed out, so they blamed everything on him. Mm-hmm. And so, this is going on in the background the whole time of this movie. To where Lucas Haas is still seeing the ghosts, uh, uh, the ghosts of this girl, mm-hmm. and so he tries to figure out how to help her. Who who killed her? So she can yeah, yeah be she at can peace. rest and mm-hmm. be at peace, and uh, which leads to the person at the end and everything, and they find out ghosts are there, and then that's the movie for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did not age well, and it no, it, and, and I'm not just talking about content. I'm I'm saying. As a person who watches movies and enjoys film, this movie is, isn't very good. Yeah. Uh, film-wise, music-wise especially, um, and just the pacing of the film, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I somewhat liked this movie when I was younger. I thought, I mean, it was on, I watched it, and I was never like, oh, fuck, this is great. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there's a young kid in this movie about my age, so that gives me a little something, a little interest in this film. Right. Uh, but other than that, I think it's poorly put together. I think this is... I think what 
the producers and writers were trying to do with this film was trying to rip off Stephen King light. That's what it felt to okay. me. Okay, yeah, yeah, I could see. Especially because you, you see in the because yeah. you see in the beginning of the movie, the guy's a writer. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to the town to where he grew up, and then he stops at the cemetery and reminisces the whole thing, the whole fucking movie. He narrates the whole movie, which right. I hate now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just um, a, like a bad Stephen King novel put to the screen and made even worse. Yeah. That's what it felt Or, I don't know, a decent Stephen King novella that was made into a poorly constructed movie. Yeah. And the movie is... And, and I, I gotta say, I was kind of bored this time around. Yes, me too. I got up a few times. Yeah, and you're like, ah, oh, keep watching, it's fine. I've yeah. seen it, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is, I've seen it several times, actually. I did like it when I was a kid. I don't feel that way anymore. I like the premise. I like the story. It's real slow in some places. Mm-hmm. This movie could probably be an hour if yeah. they stretched it out. Yeah. Um, like you said, the soundtrack or the score is so distracting. It's way too loud. It gets way too excited at weird parts. Way too intense when you're you're trying to create some some tension here and it's yeah. just loud and, and obnoxious and it this isn't an action movie this is no. a fucking ghost story you need to be spooky and we're, this isn't indiana jones right, right? exactly it, it, and this is what it felt like mm-hmm. and yeah it was just poorly done and i i don't think i'll ever watch it again no i'll probably watch it again just oh. for nostalgia value but i'll never make you watch it again and I'm still glad that I watched it, so I know what 40-year-old me feels about it. How 40-year-old me feels about it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, some of these movies you just can't really go to anymore. Yeah. I remember someone, this was online maybe a week or two ago, and someone was like, you know what? Street Fighter the movie wasn't that bad of a movie. I've never seen it. Which is good, because I wanted to ask them. I was like, okay, if it's so great... Why don't you tell me which was your favorite fighting scene? To which I'm sure I would get a bunch of, like, non-answers because there's barely any fighting in the fucking movie until the very end. Yes. Like, and there's no fighting until the very, like, last ten minutes of the movie. To which, yeah, we get to see a six-year-old Raul Julia fight. Like, oh, great. <laughs> fight fucking uh, 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 Van Damme trying to play American. And not even trying with this accent at all. Yeah. Like, it's a horrible fucking movie. Like, it, it could have been saved. Like, your shitty acting could have been saved by some fighting, but there's none in there, so. Yeah. The, you had one job, Street Fighter. Yeah, and you fucked it all up. Yeah. And Lady in White, too. You had one job. Spook me. It's a ghost story. Yeah. But I was mostly annoyed. Yeah. Annoying film. Anyway, yeah. next. Next, uh, we also stepped back into 1993 and watched Ghost in the Machine on Cinemax <laughs> because neither one of us had ever actually seen it. I remember the previews when it came out. Yeah. And it was just a movie I just always passed over because, I don't know, it just didn't really grab me like other films did. And plus, there's like no, there was no name in that movie. Yeah. Except that, Chris Mulkey, who we've seen in films before. We did. He was in Collapse. He was in uh, The Hidden. Tons, yeah. tons of movies. Karen Allen, too. She's Karen Allen. somebody. Yeah, but she's not... You're not going to a movie to see Karen Allen. That's if true. If someone does go out. Yeah. That's true. 
Um, yeah, there were no names in it. It was definitely a movie that I was interested in. I just missed it. One of those. Yeah, it's an internet movie, though, from the 90s, where, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, the internet kind of thing. Um, yeah, so, and it's from the 90s, so it doesn't have any rules. <laughs> and it's, who would even know? It's 1993. Yeah. Um, so looking back, you're like, well, none of this makes sense. Yeah. Well, supposedly this one guy who works at like a radio shack gets into a car accident, but he has knowledge of the internet and everything. And um, once he gets out of the accident, they throw him in the MRI machine and like a, a electrical storm hits. And then he like, kind of he disappears or dies or whatever. And then he just goes into electronics and the internet and stuff and he's able to go wherever the fuck he wants made me think of death spa actually it it pretty much was like death spa yeah only on a larger scale not just in the spa and not as good either death spa was way better death spa was more entertaining yeah there's like good deaths and stuff there's like only one good kill in this movie it's pretty boring yeah Yeah, and it's like the guy who gets microwaved in his kitchen and that's like the best one they can do yeah that is gross other than that um not very good no um, he was he's not just a dude he's a serial killer so he had already been tracking Kim yeah Allen. he was a serial he was yeah. the um like the the, the count logbook killer or whatever yeah he or would he, steal people's logbooks and write right right or, or yeah address book address, address book, book yeah whatever so he was after karen allen while he was alive and then he continues to go after her right while dead through the internet internet yeah <laughs> because her son has a computer but karen allen hates computers because yeah. of course <laughs> that's the movie that's the movie for you don't watch it save your time i'm glad we did but yeah, yeah. i got it out of the way but yeah. um next up we should we talk about the swipe to death the seven minute movie that we watched no fuck that movie <laughs> i thought it was funny all right next into the darks are yes Sounds even better than okay it's a crapshoot with those yeah uh, this one's about um, a tentacle monster living in someone, and it um, seduces them and slowly turns into them. Yes, yeah, starts <laughs> practicing to mimic them and then kills them and is them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Sorry, likes spoilers. To, and likes to fuck a lot. For you right <laughs> That's there. tentacles, but it's entertaining. It yeah, is entertaining. The acting's not bad. Um the story does need to get moving a little faster in this movie, but other than that... 7,500 from 2016 on Tubi. Ha, <laughs> yes. Oh, wow, this movie, um, there's some, uh, there's some names in this one, Leslie isn't there? Leslie Bibb and the guy from That Thing You Do, the main singer. Right, um, then there was the... The guy from True Blood. The guy, who is he sitting next to? Amy Smart. Amy Smart, yeah. right, Amy Smart's in this movie... Uh, uh, is that Jamie Chung, I think, also? I don't know. I don't really know who that is. Oh, she's the, the girl from Lovecraft Country. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I, have to look again. <laughs> I think it's her. I could be wrong. <laughs> I'm not know, taking but... any risks until yeah, I know for yeah. sure. Good of you, you should. <laughs> so, it wasn't bad. It's on Tubi, and we'd never heard of it, so you go in with no expectations at all. Yeah, it's about a flight that's high up in the air. Some guy dies and all a bunch of crazy shit happens mm-hmm. and there's a twist ending and that's the movie for you right there if you want to check it out i won't ruin it yeah i, I actually should have known the twist ending i mean yeah did you yeah. guess it i should have yeah that's how i felt I, and i kind of did because mm-hmm. there's a few things that happen in the movie to where i'm like wait didn't this just happen yeah 
That's what I... There were things that didn't make sense, and I was like, well, maybe it's just crappy editing. Well, because no, the, the, the one girl goes to the crapper. Yeah. And the, the flight goes out of control. Everyone's flying everywhere. Um, then she hits the ground, and people find her in the crapper. She's alive still. Then about ten minutes later, she heads back to the crapper again, and the same, like, almost the same thing happens. Yeah. Well, not the same thing, but something happens. Right. It's like, why would you go back to the crapper again? Yeah. Like, you can, isn't that, that pregnancy test can wait, you know? It does, you don't need to do it now. <laughs> right. Seeing as right, right, right. you were just in a flight accident in a way, and some dude croaked, this isn't the best time to, to piss on something. No. Although it is an international flight. When you gotta go, you gotta go. But, yeah. Yeah. Find a bottle. (laughs) So anyway, I didn't see the twist coming, but I was mad that she didn't. That I didn't get it. So I was impressed. Good job, Uh, Flight Seventy Five Hundred. You tricked me. (laughs) Uh, Next. Next. I'm gonna save that one for last. Okay. Next is What Lies Below. We rented that on Amazon. It's a new movie with Mm -hmm. Mina Savari, and that's all I needed to see. Right. And some big hunky guy. Yeah, I feel like that guy was actually a dorky guy before he was a hunky guy, and then I never looked it up. Uh, he, he reminds me of like a a younger Carl Urban. Yeah, kind of looks kinda. like that. Tall, muscular, like beefcakey. Urban and what's his name from Archer and uh, Thirty Rock. Parnell, Chris Parnell. Chris Parnell, and Chris really? Parnell, and I think so. Uh, yeah. I don't see Chris Parnell. <laughs> I do. He has a doofy face. <laughs> no offense, Chris Parnell. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure, that's the least of his worries. Someone call him have a doofy face. Face is kind of doofy. Yeah, but his body is spectacular. Even though his spray tan was kind of distracting. Like get a real tan or just don't be tan. I don't know. <laughs> Seemed weird. Um, this was ridiculous in a good way. <laughs> and I feel like it's maybe my favorite thing Nina Savari's done, except that she doesn't have much to do for very much of the movie. Right. She She's doesn't. got a big part for like the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I don't think this movie necessarily centers around her the most. It doesn't. And it's too bad, because I loved her character. Mm. But this movie was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, twist ending again. It's bananas. Yeah, it's about um, this 16-year-old girl comes home from camp and finds that her mom is dating a, a beefcakey younger man who is very sweet and he's very knowledgeable and he works in the lake where the cabin they live on and he's like a oh like a biologist of lakes and shit yeah what he's trying to do is uh make it so that animals can adapt from fresh water salt water to fresh water right because there's one species that can do it lampreys lampreys and he has like a tanks of lampreys and he's like fascinated with them you know and he, he apologizes to the darling hey i'm a nerdy guy and yeah. everything you know this is and she kind of and like she totally thinks he's sexy and everything yeah like she's totally into him she definitely is but that doesn't last very long at all and it it ends abruptly it it does once they reach the one point in the movie which is about halfway through to where um, they're on the boat getting samples of lampreys or whatever. 
And then she starts to menstruate in the yeah. boat, and he grabs, like, a shirt, and he puts it, like, in between her legs. Yeah. Too close. Way too close. Right. Um, which, and he, like, apologizes later yeah. for it. He's like, you know, it was an instinctual thing. I didn't mean any harm by it. I didn't want you to be completely embarrassed, you know, kind of thing. Yes. Which I can, I can see where he's coming for from. For sure. It, that, I feel like he handled it really well. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, well, this he's not the guy. It's going to be some other thing. Yeah. Um, shortly after that, uh, the next scene. The, no, not even the next scene. That very same scene. Oh, it switches. It it's right to her in the shower. No, they're still in the boat. So where they're in the boat, she covers her. He puts the thing in there. He says, it's only natural. See, and he grabs the oh, blood and then he right. licks it. And he yes. licks his finger. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I forgot. Right. And then that's yeah. when it's totally off from yeah. there. Ugh. Anyway, this movie is pretty good. Check yeah. it out. Check it out. Last one before our movie of the week. Um, and it's one I've been thinking about the most, but I don't know if that's a good thing. Synchronic. See, uh, 2020. Yes. It's a rent on Amazon. It's got uh, the Falcon. Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Who's I totally knew that. I just right. thought... I'm sure you know who the other guy is. Yeah. Was it Jamie Dornan, right? Or what's yes, the other guy? Yes, <laughs> Jamie Dornan. That was the other guy. <laughs> and who else is in it? I gotta get... I gotta open it up. All right, I'll, we'll wait. I forget. Know. I start... It's like as you go through, <laughs> I start remembering. Like, that's oh, about... Yeah. I mean, that's really about it. Who's in the movie? Yeah, I was, there's nobody else in this. <laughs> Leave me alone. I was testing you. I was testing <laughs> As soon as you start talking about the plot, then like it just rushes back. And I'm right. Ready. So the plot is that there's this designer drug out there that fucks people up, and they go into like a different part in time, and when they come back, they're complete. Like their mind is mind is fried. Mm-hmm. Um, we follow around Anthony Mackie, who is and his partner Jamie Dornan, who are. Uh, ambulance drivers, and, mm-hmm. um, and no, not even ambulance drivers. They're, they're, they're paramedics. Paramedics, yeah. Right. So, um, because there, there's a joke. You see the ambulance driver like once, but mostly it's just them shit talking the ambulance driver. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Um, so they um, come across some people who who had taken this drug and are freaking out, and he sees the uh, the package around, and then he want at some point in time. He finds where the, where it's sold, and he wants to get rid of it because mm-hmm. it's fucking people up. Even. Um, I, I want to say either right before that or shortly after that, he you see that he's been having headaches, and he goes to the doctor, and they say that he has, um, in his brain, part of it hasn't matured, and it's actually killing him. Mm-hmm. And that he only has this... A certain amount of time to live. He could live for six months to sixty years, depending on how radiation goes six and everything. Weeks. Six, oh, six weeks. I remember six weeks. A pretty bad diagnosis. So yeah, yeah. He, there's there's a really good possibility that he's gonna die, mm-hmm. and he knows that. So, but Jamie Dornan doesn't. He doesn't tell his partner. Right. He doesn't tell anyone. He keeps it to himself. But then, um, the guy who made these designer drugs ends up breaking into Anthony Mackie's house to steal the drugs back, and then they have a conversation saying, uh, these drugs, you know, uh, put people, fuck them up, um, except for kids. Yeah. And... For kids, kids actually, because they're, 
whatever pineal gland is so so young and fresh uh-huh. actually travel through time. Right. And they um and he tells Anthony Mackie this because he actually has that that deficiency. Mm-hmm. So he kicks the guy out and he starts takes the drug and he shoots back to I think his first time in his apartment he shot back to um like Louisiana or no like during like the Spanish conquest of Louisiana That's or right, some shit it's like a that. Spanish military like a conquistador yeah. is like in the in the swamp. The reason we should back up. The reason he's doing this is because Jamie Dornan's eighteen-year-old daughter disappeared right after, after taking, taking that drug. drug. Yeah. So he's like, "All right, I'm gonna take this drug and see what happens." See and if he, he takes can it. find her. Yeah. But it, what he finds out is that each time he takes it, it only lasts like seven or eight minutes, and depending on where he's standing in his house is what time it'll take him back. Mm-hmm. Because he goes back to the Ice Age once. Uh huh. Chills with like a. a caveman dude yeah and then he heads back one another time with his dog to see if he can bring someone back if he were to go get uh jamie dornan's daughter he would be able to bring her back so it's a test so he takes his dog uh, and actually you know he gets split up from his dog and his dog gets left there yeah he doesn't have enough enough pills to go back and rescue him we all knew that was gonna happen yeah we yeah now that sucked I i hated that part uh um and then, you know, he finally, then yeah, we get to the end of the movie, and then that's when he goes to try and save the daughter. Uh, and around that time, too, he, he explains to Jamie Dornan that, hey, um, I'm dying and everything. That's why I've been like an asshole lately, mm-hmm. and I have this drug. Uh, maybe you'll believe me, kind of thing, and to which he does end up doing it in front of him. Um, so, yeah, this movie, <clears throat> it I think this movie was probably heading to the theater. Probably. And, I mean, Anthony Mackie's a big deal right now. Jamie Dornan, too. Yeah, yeah, they are. Guys. Uh, this movie was okay. <clears throat> it um, was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't fantastic. But it wasn't horrible. I had, like, nitpicky problems with time travel. And I know that I'm the first one to say, calm down. <laughs> but it's rules they made up in the movie that they don't end up following always. Mm-hmm. When you do that, that's going to bug me. But otherwise, mm. if you I, follow your own rules, then I don't care. I would say if they were to go back maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years, then I think that would, would be a little different. But seeing as they're going back so far, yeah, that I don't think it really makes that much of a difference. Well, it's rules like he takes wood back in time with him and makes a fire. Mm-hmm. But the last time when he's holding a beer... The beer, and it's a bit because Jamie Dornan is having this whole conversation mm-hmm. and then many years of crash, and it's because Anthony Mackey's disappeared right. and the beer dropped. But right. he was holding that beer, so why didn't it go back with him? Yeah, that's true. You're not following your own rules. That's yes. all. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't care. Time travel, I will relax. <laughs> but if you violate your own policies, yeah. <laughs> then I have a problem. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, you get Anthony Mackey and Jamie Dornan are great, always. Yeah, they were good in the movie. This movie, yeah, it was all right. Uh, check it out. Yeah. And that brings us to our movie of the week, which will be coming up next. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. 
Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1974 Charles Bronson film, Mr. Majestic. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, a little Charles Bronson kick the last few weeks. You our, have been. Our mm-hmm. last episode was 10 to Midnight, another Charles Bronson film. So might as well just do another one. Mm-hmm. I, I really haven't seen too many of his, like, 70s, 80s films seen some of the 90s which is like at the tail end of his career so i kind of like to catch up and just see like what the whole thing or the whole what what's with bronson's charisma you know mm-hmm. let's check it out let's check this tough guy out and up uh, hell we chose mr majestic mm-hmm. this uh, was at a recommendation from my dad right thanks right. dad um because i because yeah we watched uh, ten to midnight the uh, last episode mm-hmm so, hell, uh, so let's get into it. We got Charles Bronson playing Mr. Majestic. Yep, Mr. Uh, a melon farmer battles organized crime and a hitman wants to kill him. Right. Um, yeah, I guess that's the story. I mean, oh, that's sort of just sum it up in one sentence. I'm impressed. I didn't think that you could do that, but right. yeah, you kind of did. So, um, <laughs> Charles Bronson is a melon farmer. He hires um, people to farm with them immigrants specifically immigrants immigrants. yeah Yeah, he picks up immigrants cheaper labor probably that's what i'm guessing uh he has uh all these people come out they know how to pick melons Uh, they say melons a good amount in this movie and yeah melons is such a silly word i had a lot of trouble not giggling through this and and it's even funnier when bronson says like wait i got all these melons Hey, Chief, what do I do with the melons? Well, you know, yeah. melons are salvageable. They, and my favorite, know anything about melons? Know anything about melons? <laughs> they're watermelons. I was picturing cantaloupe, but they're watermelons. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we get to see Bronson in the beginning. He he um, he, do, he doesn't give a fuck, right? He, he'll hire whomever he wants. He doesn't care about race. And we see that in an early scene to where... This owner of a gas station where Bronson is filling up his his car, his truck, that uh, he doesn't want the, the the immigrants there to take a shit or clean up in his bathrooms. Uh, he makes a big stink about it, and Bronson has to has to has, doesn't rough him up a little bit, but has to uh, tell him a few things. You yeah. know, what do you be... care? You don't own this place. Let him take a shit. Who cares? Exactly. So he gets the key and unlocks it. It's funny. Because the movie literally opens with him coming out of the men's room at a gas station. And I yeah, was like, like, our hero, everyone. <laughs> but it comes back around in that scene. You figure like, out why. Because yeah, he was able to use the I restroom. was just in that restroom yeah. and it was locked. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, it it does seem like he purposely hires immigrants. Because that yes. becomes a point of contention right after this scene. So, he gets the immigrants. And we're going to the melon farm. And we see that there are already people picking melons on on his farm on his patch mm-hmm. uh so he confronts the young gentleman to which you know he says these are my workers they work just as fine same price and everything and brown's like no i got my own get out of my property get these people out of my melons they're probably ruined half of them mm-hmm. um to which the guy box at this grabs a, a shotgun Big one. Big shotgun. Yeah. Threatens Bronson. And, of course, Bronson takes the gun away from him. Uh, easily. Easily. Uh, <laughs> he hits him in the groin with the butt of the gun. 
man goes down and then he shoots the other truck, which had like a loudspeaker on it, playing music really loud yes. so you couldn't hear Bronson. <laughs> Mr. Majestic, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So he blasts that open, t- kicks everyone the fuck out of there and lets everyone else start picking melons. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly after that, he gets arrested by the police. He does. Now, we met a special lady, yes, Nancy she does. Chavez, who's part of the group yeah, she was of trying melon to, pickers. She was trying to use the crapper yeah. back at the gas station. Um, she she flirts with Bronson for a little while, mm-hmm. and that's where he, the line is, line of, you know anything about melons? You know anything about from... melons? <laughs> what do you know about melons? Yeah, it doesn't and, matter. And the life is amazing. She, she yeah, uh, and she knows about melons. Okay? She knows plenty about melons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, from <laughs> so from there we um, the cops pick him up, arrest him. Uh, they got a complaint from the guy hitting the balls, saying mm-hmm. that you know he threatened him, sh- shot him, and everything. Uh, and Bronson's like, "Well, it was his gun." So they end up arresting him and charging him. And he's really pissed off because he needs to take care of these melons. And if he posts bond, he's not going to have any money for the people to pick the melons. Right. So he's like, oh, I'll wait for a lawyer. And uh, while they're while he's sitting in jail waiting to be transferred, there's also another gentleman in there, too. And we find out that it's a hitman, and he's responsible for at least nine deaths. Yeah, Frank Renda. And he's been, um, he's been uh, 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 let go from each one. He's never convicted of any of them. Right. Uh, the bad guy, Renda, is the... If you've ever seen... The Godfather. He yes. is the guy in... Uh, they He's one of the guys who roughs up Al Pacino, and then they go to the restaurant afterward with the, the Irish chief of police, right? Uh, and then he goes in the bathroom, grabs the gun, and blasts him, right? That's the guy from... Uh, yeah. Who's the bad guy in this one? He's a hitman. He's also in The Getaway, the McQueen, Ally McGraw one, which I actually haven't seen, but... Yes. That's yeah. another well-known movie. He, he plays the role that Michael Madsen plays in the remake. Oh, okay. A real kind of gross guy. We should check that one out sometime. Okay, yeah, I should see it. I've never yeah. seen it before. I had a cat that was his namesake. Yes. Steve McQueen. Yes, and I've we seen did. so few of his movies. <laughs> so, yeah, our bad guy, real nasty guy. Um, actually, Bronson fucks with him a little bit in the <laughs> in the jail scene. Yeah. To where Bronson's, like, they're, they're getting their meal in jail, and Bronson sees that the hitman's not eating anything, and he goes, hey, you're going to eat them sausages. And then the hitman just throws the tray on the floor, and he's like, okay, then. <laughs> I gotta think. Guess not. Oh, Guess you get... can't have him. No one can, yeah. huh? He's like, you got a cigarette for me. And he gets yeah. up to get a cigarette from the guy, and one of the other guys in jail is like, whoa, whoa, I got a cigarette for you. You know who that guy is? Don't, no. He's a hitman kind of thing. Don't mm-hmm. fuck with him. No, well, at first he goes, he's like, you don't, do you know who that guy is? And he's like, yeah, he's a musician. He's famous. He I know. And he's like, yeah, he's something random he's like oh yes yeah, the guy who played the accordion played the accordion I, yeah. I love that guy he's like no he's a hitman that's what I don't give a fuck mm-hmm. so uh, from that scene on they're being transferred on a bus to the jail to, or pr- to prison prison to yeah. prison where they're gonna go transferred from the jail <clears throat> uh, the bus is ends up being uh, hijacked or not necessarily hijacked yet it's being stopped by the hitman's crew right. to where they stop the bus. There's a big gun battle that happens. It's a pretty good, pretty good gun battle, actually. Yeah, it was pretty it, cool. Yeah, it yeah. was a good one. It's a nice '70s gun battle. A lot of people falling backwards. And... Right. Yeah. There was some explosions. Like 
the filming of that scene was actually pretty good. Yeah. It's not cut to shit like action scenes are today. We just watched The Dark Knight Rises, so it's like a sensitive uh, topic with Larry. Yeah, um, <laughs> fight scenes. Because Christopher Nolan can't direct a fight scene to save his ass. Yeah. Unfortunately. And now certain action scenes, yes, he's pretty really good at. Mm-hmm. And just the visualization of things. Top notch. His fighting scenes fucking suck. Yeah, I don't really notice because I can't really tell, but I, I trust tell. you. Yeah, I mean, there's some okay ones in The Dark Knight Rises, but other than that, they're pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anyway, that's it's been sort of hot button for you these last few days because yeah. of that. But actually, you know, yeah, we just watched Dark Knight <laughs> Rises again, and I actually enjoyed it a, a bit more this time than the lad than the subsequent times that I've watched. I it. did too. I feel like it, watching it. You can't compare it to The Dark Knight. That's just a masterpiece of a superhero movie. Um, So now that it's been very much separated from that movie, I can enjoy it more. I kind of think, to me, which I haven't played the the Batman video games, the Arkham's, but there is what the the Batman Arkham Asylum, right, was the first one. The first one. Then the second one was... um, Arkham City. Arkham City. Then the third one they put out was was the um, the Bane one. Remember, was the they go back in time. Oh yeah, Origins. Origins. Because Bat- it's not Rocksteady who does it. So right. The game has a different feel. So, but those games really, it, it seems like they they're just like the movies in a way. Like the first one is really good, but you don't like it doesn't expand as much, and it's more of an introduction. Yes. The second one of that series, you seem to like the most. That's a great game, <clears throat> but it's not fair. Arkham Knight, the last one, is the best game. But then when you yes. talk about Origins, it's not like it's not as good as the other ones. No. But it's still good, but in different ways. It's just different. It's, it's not a little, the same a company. a little different, yeah. but it, it's still good. You know, and that's the way I kind of think of that that trilogy right there. Is that the first one, Batman Begins, was good, mm-hmm. and it really kind of brought you back up to speed with Batman. The second one was probably the best one of them all. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. Right, I think. And then yeah. you have the third one, which is still good, but I mean, it's, it's not the second one. I still thing. don't notice all the plot holes everybody talks about. It must not bother me. Oh uh, yeah, there's. It, I <laughs> you know I, I was pretty quiet through that movie because I could have thrown out quite a few of them yeah. through the pot, plot holes. I guess holes I wasn't one. paying enough attention. Yeah. Um, I feel like Anne Hathaway got a raw deal. She's a perfectly good Catwoman. She's fine. Um, yeah, she's all right. She was a little better this time around. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of who else they could have cast. I probably would have cast a no-name in that role if I were to redo it again. Yeah. I had my heart set on Mary, uh, Marie Cotillard when I heard she was going to be in it. I was like, uh, yes, Catwoman! Oh. Uh, um, sadly, no. No. She was pregnant. So I like to think she was going to be Catwoman and then she was pregnant. She couldn't be Catwoman. <laughs> that, that's, she's more age-appropriate for Bruce Wayne. Uh, yeah. For this Bruce Wayne. This, yeah, that's true. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about Mr. Majestic. So the shootout scene is yes, good. Is good, and which leads to uh, most of the prisoners get off the bus. Bronson commandeers the bus and with the hitman, and they drive off to like this undisclosed cabin to where he starts to let the hitman go, and then they have a scuffle, and then he re he re handcuffs him to like the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, then Bronson, Mr. Majestic, heads out to like this. Uh, uh, grocery store or this gas station. 
It's like a little mini mart. Yeah. yeah. He goes there and asks, you know, he makes a couple phone calls there. One of them's to the police saying, hey, um, I got the guy. I want to make a deal with you. Drop these charges on me so I can just fucking harvest my melons, man. Mm-hmm. And the, the chief is like, uh, well, the lieutenant's like, yeah, maybe we'll make a deal. We'll come to you. And Bronson's like, I'll bring him to you. And like, yeah, yeah, because he doesn't want... No, then you'll be able to say that you found him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the hitman had told Bronson before, he's like, dude, like, we can get out of here right now. Let's get the fuck out of here. Uncuff me. I'll give uh, you money. I'll give you, I got tons of money. Yeah. Uh, here's this number. Call this number. Ask for this person. And Why ask for this amount of money. And then you'll get it. So he calls that number two. <clears throat> uh, goes back to meet up with the hitman. Um to which a car ends up coming by. They end up meeting up with someone who's going to drop off the money. And it's a young woman, and it's the hitman's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. To where the hitman's like, all right, give him the twenty-five grand, And he's like, oh, they didn't ask me to bring twenty-five grand. They only asked me to bring, like, $5 and change for the Less, most part. Like $3.85. For some beer and some uh-huh. phone calls that yeah. Bronson made. And that was it. That's all he wanted. What he really wants is just to go to back to his melon patch. Mm-hmm. So, um, a scuffle ends up breaking out, uh, his girlfriend has a gun, they pull it on Bronson, he jumps out of the car, and runs away, and they end up taking off, he, Mr. Majestic goes to the police station, talks to the lieutenant, and is like, hey, they got away, um, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here, and they're like, well, the charges are dropped against you, because the, that's how he was arrested before, the one guy pressed the charges, dropped him this time, because the hitman... Is going to kill him. We'll kill him. Yeah. Is going to kill Bronson. He wants to kill Bronson. So the guy but knows that. So need, need to set him free. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's where Bronson um, ends up going back to the melon patch to start getting his melons. And uh, that's where we find out that Bronson is actually like a special forces guy. Did tours here and all that shit. He's mm-hmm. badass, such and such. Uh, he was in prison for a little while because he got into a fight at a bar Somebody labeled him with a bottle. <clears throat> he beat the piss out of the guy. Mm-hmm. The guy had friends at the bar, and they all lied on the stand. And he ended up having to do, what, like six months or something like that? Nine um, months? Yeah. His wife left him with his kids, so now he's just a melon farmer. Um, and he just wants to harvest his fucking melons, man. He just wants to live in peace and harvest melons with a team of folks. Now, the hitman could have left at any point, but now he has his vengeance sought against Mr. Majestic. Right. So he ends up hiring the people who were fucking with him earlier to, like, spot him or to to disrupt his business or beat the shit out of some of his workers. So, and this is where the movie really starts to take off, because this is where the plot really is, is the, these guys want to fuck up Bronson. Mm -hmm. And, um... They, so the, the crew leaves, most of them, because they're scared they're going right. to get killed. They got threatened, so yeah. no one's picking melons for them except the girl he met earlier, to which she got most of her friends uh, to come help and pick the melons with mm-hmm. them. And Larry, his right-hand man. Larry! Now Larry here! <laughs> of course, the Larry character has to suck. The but Larry character doesn't suck, though. Yeah, he he doesn't he, he sucks in a wienerish kind of way, okay? Yeah, but he's a good guy. Yeah, but so what? He gets squished by a car. <laughs> it just broke his legs. He survived. They say later. Yeah, but the good part about this role it's it's played by Alejandro Rey, 
who is Spiro Zeros in Terror Vision. Mm-hmm. The Greek guy who ends up coming to their house and swims in their pool and gets eaten by the Terror Vision monster. So yep. yeah, I, was, I, I could tell it was him by just how he speaks, you know, because I've seen that movie so many times. Yeah. To where, like, his speech and the way his lips move, I was like, fuck, that's the dude from Terror Vision. So, anyway. Uh, and that's not the only cameo. Right. And there's another <laughs> cameo, cameo, which yeah. I missed, is where, um, if anyone's ever seen Community, there's a character, a reoccurring character on, on there called Leonard. He's an old dude at a community college. That's the joke. The actor's name is Richard Erlinger, I think. I'm looking... Yeah, Richard Erdman. Erdman. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just funny to, to have this, this obscure character from a TV show of present and then seeing him in the past as this role that's not Leonard. As, like, an old guy, but way younger. Younger old guy, the, this, lawyer. Sadly, Richard Erdman passed away uh, two years ago, but he was 93 years old. So. Yeah, he had a good life. Yeah. <laughs> and he was working almost up to the end of Pretty it. Pretty much, so. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was a fun little cameo. And mm-hmm. I also wanted to bring him up because this is where... The plot doesn't make... I mean, it doesn't make any sense that the hitman would want to kill Bronson himself because it's Mm -hmm. not safe for him. But also, he escaped from prison, but then when he talks to the lawyer at the hotel, when he comes back, the lawyer says he's out on $5,000 bond. Like, how the fuck do you get bond for that? How did that happen? You escaped from prison. Yeah, I... I, Yeah, that that was a mistake in there. That was confusing, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, And there's a time when he cases the melon farm... And drives right past the police. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, is this okay? The police are set up to look like construction workers. He's not supposed to know right. that they're police, but he knows they're police. Right. But the police also know who they're looking for, and he's like got his head sticking out of the yeah, window. Yeah, he's not even trying to hide. <laughs> just a couple, like, I know that those are just like 70s. Nobody will really Nobody gives a fuck. Because nobody's thing. watched 45 seasons of procedural shows. Yes, exactly. Yes. Good <laughs> like point. We right have. There. So, um, the guys end up shooting up his melons. Yeah, he's got this big pile of melons in his barn. They finally got it all harvested up, and then he's going there and shoot up all those goddamn melons. They take threaten everyone. Tommy guns to the melons. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah and at this time, too, Bronson is on a date with the one girl he picked up earlier. Nancy Chavez, yes. And um, the guys find out that he's at the bar. So they they meet him at the bar because he threatens he threatens all the workers and so right. the workers t- say where he is yeah mm-hmm. so yeah he's at the bar so they meet him at the bar um, Nancy goes to the crapper uh, they they approach Bronson and he's like hey, you guys aren't gonna do anything here there's cops right over there and then cop then Bronson gives him a good old sucker punch <laughs> 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 yep. leaves with Nancy. They go back to the melon patch and see that all the melons have been shot to shit. Not all of them, though. No, Nancy's like, some are salvageable. Right. Can save these melons. So he ends up saving some melons. Um, he tells Nancy, you know, it's going to be dangerous around here. You should get out of here. And uh, she's like, well, do you mean, like, me as a worker? Or do you mean as in, like, do you want me to go just because? And he's like, I want you to leave. <laughs> we know Bronson. <laughs> right. Bronson likes her. But he doesn't want her to get hurt. So. I mean, he's made it very clear that he likes her when they're mm-hmm. on a date. Yeah. So he made it. And she so digs him, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, like, pretty much, like, out loud, or like, you ready to have sex? 
Let's go back to my yeah. your place. I mean, that's a very 70s, it doesn't matter whether the woman wants to or not. That's not the important part. But I wasn't even going to say anything. Yeah, she was like, what, you don't want to have sex with me? Or something like that. He's like, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Um, it's, there are way worse things. Yeah. It's a movie from the 70s. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So then they have nice chemistry. They're nice together. Yes. I like them. Uh, so they're picking up the melons. Um, uh, she tells them to leave, but... Um, she doesn't. She doesn't. She ends up going back to Bronson's house, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she starts doing the dishes, it looks like. And he heads back home. Um, but he, like, sees that there's people waiting for him at his house. So he slyly, like, circles around them, listens to their conversations, and then heads into the house... And tells her, hey, there's guys out there with guns. We got to get out of here. While, like, sitting in, in front of the windows and yeah, looking, she, like, oh, we don't have to hide in here, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so they take the car. Well, they, they make an escape to which they're, they're driving away and the guys start following them. Uh, gun battle ensues. They've taken uh, the melon truck off road. Yep, they do. <laughs> <laughs> to which they, they escape. Um, Mr. Majestic's melons. Yeah, that's what that's side. what it reads, <laughs> right? And um, so at that point in time, they escape, um, but Mr. Majestic isn't done with them because now he has the upper hand. One of the cars that's carrying a bunch of the henchmen goes off the road and explodes. Yes, it does. The henchmen um, and the hitman end up um, barricading themselves in their own like a house. Uh, Wiley, the the hitman's girlfriend is there with them. Um, and Branson's waiting outside for them. Now he's stalking them. Yeah. To which uh, the hitman tells, hey, why don't you go out there and talk to him and try and bring him in and, and try and figure shit out and get a clean shot on him. To which Branson's like, hey, come this way, like out of sight, to where he's like, uh, how many are in there? Yeah, uh, his, his girlfriend. Just to be clear, the hitman sends his girlfriend out there. And, and yes. Sorry. And pretty much says, you know... Um, uh, you should get the fuck out of here with her, Nancy. And um, well, the girlfriend makes it clear like she's ready to deal. Yeah, she's she, done with this. She's like, I really haven't done all that much. Yeah, yet. I want to get out of here. <laughs> to which Nancy takes them to the side of the road. The cops are on their way. Um, Bronson tells everyone that like, hey, the cops are on their way. Um, there's only like three guys left. He takes out one of them. The other one is the guy who fucked with them earlier on in the movie, mm-hmm. Bobby. Um, Bobby, and he's. He, you know, tells the hitman, like, dude, I got nothing to do with this shit. Like, I didn't want it to go this far, man. He's going to fucking kill us. I'm out of here. And he ends up leaving, but Bronson's right outside holding a gun on him. And he's like, um, play dead, kind of, like. Yeah, if you want to live through this. yeah, Go play dead across, like, this part of the house. Um, and he Bron- fires the gun. Fires the, the gun. And <laughs> to which the hitman is surprised. And then that's when... Bronson just jumps through a window, guns blazing, and blows the bad guy away. And then and there we go. I mean, he like leaps through a window, head first. Well, butt first, the mm-hmm. the shotgun butt. And then he's blasting. But it's not the guy. as though, yeah, it's not as though he lands on his feet. He must have landed right on his face. You don't see yeah, that part. But it's all one motion. He jumps yeah. through, fires the gun, hits the guy, lands, and then yeah, that's pretty much the end of the movie. Hits the hitman right in the chest, and the hitman falls out of another window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of glass. 
great, great movie at the end here. Great ending. So uh, yeah, I would. I think I might say that this has been my favorite Charles Bronson movie, and that is not saying really I, anything at all. It was a fun one. This is for me. This is lower. This is closer to the bottom of the Bronson movies because the ones I've seen, like Death Wish movies, are classics. So right, right. Death Wish Three is awesome. So, but this one, I mean, this one's good too. It's not the greatest, but it's still fun. It's still a, a good movie. Mm-hmm. You uh, know nice where it's revenge. gonna go? Like, yeah. Uh, Guy who just wants to own a melon farm clearly has military training and all hell's going to break loose. Yeah, so yeah. instead of like killing his brother or his wife this time around, they smash a bunch of melons. They smash his melons. They, they <laughs> fucking Gallagher his ass and then and that's the movie. Bronson's likable because Bronson's likable. Yeah. <laughs> you can't help it. <laughs> Try to hate him. It's impossible. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, I think that about does it for us this mm-hmm. week and for Mr. Majestic here. Check it out. It's on Amazon Prime. Agreed. I, we had to pay for it, but three dollars worth it. Yeah, yeah it's it was, cheap. Movies are cheap. And if you get them on Amazon or something, they're older movies, like $2, $3, $4. Three bucks, I think it was. Yeah. Which is still, I mean, I guess it's probably the same price as if rental stores are still open. Yeah. Plus, you don't even have to go out. It's on your TV. Exactly. So. Only it takes five seconds and you don't have to go anywhere right you don't even need a vcr or a dvd player or a blu-ray player or whatever player you need now you just need a fucking tv mm-hmm. anyway uh thank you guys for joining us this week and we will see you next week thanks for listening <laughs>